once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the C-Squared Podcast. This is your host, Curtis, with my co-host, Aliyah. We are here today with Milton Mendoza. I hope I said that right, from Prog Power USA. Um, and he's going to be talking with us for the next 30 minutes or so uh, about various different things. Uh, and it should be a lot of fun. So to start, I'm going to bring Aliyah over to uh, start the festivities. Right on. Um, so before we get started and dive in, can you give our listeners like a general brief summary of who you are and what you do within the realms of metal? Sure. Um, my name is Milton Mendonca. Um, I am one of the co-promoters of Prague Power USA festival taking place every year in Atlanta, Georgia. And I also own Infinity Concerts, uh, which is a booking agent based out of the States. Um, it's currently on ice. I haven't done much booking lately, uh, focusing mainly on prog power. Um, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Concert promoter on occasion here in the New York area as well. Awesome. So can you kind of give us a little backstory on how you got involved with prog power USA to begin with? Um, well, prog power involvement, I mean, I, I started attending the festival as a fan back in 2002. So it's uh, it's been, Prague Power has been a part of my life for you know more than half of my life at this point. Um, I started going as a fan uh, in 2002 because my favorite band was playing at the time. It was Angra from Brazil. Um, I was born in Brazil as well. So when I found out they were playing in the States, I said, you know, I have to, to go see them. Uh, little did I know that you know, three weeks after I confirmed Prague Power, they announced a show in New York, you know, about 45 minutes away from home. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll go see them twice. Um, so um, I started attending as a fan and eventually um, I went from working in publicity, um, music journalism at first, uh, that led into working with uh, publicity for some bands and some record labels and stuff. Uh, and from there, I fell into booking. Um, I worked with um, Intermental, which was a Danish booking agency that started an office in the States. Um, from that point on, I moved into uh, opening my own agency, which was Infinity, and started dabbing into concert promotion slowly. Uh, I worked with Glenn quite a bit. Glenn is the founder of Prague Power USA. Uh, and he offered me the opportunity to take over one of the four days of the festival. Um, and I really had not much of an idea what I was doing in terms of being a promoter at that point. Uh, but I said, yeah, let's run with it. Let's do it. Um, and it, it kind of went like that, you know, one thing pulling the other sort of unexpectedly, you know, I never set out to work, um, as a booking agent. You know, I got a phone call uh, and it was Klaus, uh, the guy who ran Intramental at the time said, hey, we're expanding to the States. We want to know if you want to be a booking agent. I'm like, sure, let's do it. Um, what do I do? <laughs> you know, it was it was kind of like that. Um, 
but through being an agent, um, I learned a lot about what it's like to promote a show, I guess. Uh, so it helped to have that background, you know, and I had already established uh, contacts all over the world. And obviously that, that came in handy and that made it easy as well. So uh, in a nutshell, that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> so I have a question that I know most people get confused about and uh, all three of us know the answer to this. So, uh, but can you kind of clarify for the listeners? Cause a lot of people do not really understand what a booking agent is or what they do. So can you actually clarify uh, what what it is and what you do because a lot of people think it's something else from what I what so I it, I've it's, heard. It's funny that you say that because just this morning as I was driving here to my office, I was thinking about the difference between a promoter and a booking agent. You know, uh, almost like I need to know that if they ask me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um. So the best way I could come up with the the booking agent is trying to sell the show to sell the rights to produce a show for any given artist at any given time. Mm -hmm. um, whereas the concert promoter is essentially the person who's going to buy that show and, and actually produce it, find the, the room, find the crew, host the band, so on and so forth. Um, so typically a booking agent will be working with um, a number of artists and we'll get in touch with promoters that they know within a certain territory and and offer them the show and say hey uh i'm working on a tour for this and that band and here are the the dates that we have in mind prices etc are you interested uh and kind of take it from there you kind of build the routing from there and um yeah it's it's very similar and very different both at the same time yep um, and then I know a lot of people also confuse it with management. Sometimes they even confuse it with PR. So that's why I was like, we should probably get him to clarify first exactly what he does. Um, sorry, Aaliyah, I took us off track, but I just thought that oh, was important. no need to apologize. That's a really good, um, you know, a good clarification to make. Um, gosh, you, so you started in journalism? I started in music journalism. Yeah. Who did you, can you share who you, like, publications you wrote? So, it, it, I, you know, I had mentioned that I was born in Brazil. Um, I had a lot of friends that are still living in Brazil, you know, from childhood. Um, and I had this friend who started running just like a music, um, like a webzine. Uh, it was called Paradise Metal at the time. And he got in touch with me. Funny story. He got in touch with me saying, hey, um, have you ever tried... Um, writing, you know, concert reviews, album reviews, because um, you see a lot of cool shows in the States. Maybe it's something you can do for us. And I'm like, I had just graduated high school. I'm like, um, yeah, sure. Let's do that. That sounds fun. If all I need to do is go to a concert and write about it, I'm all for it. Um, so he's like, okay, cool. Uh, there's a couple of concerts that we were thinking, you know, in the New York area, we were thinking of, of having you go see. Uh, one of them is Arch Enemy. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, just let me know. And conversation sort of died out. Um, And then, man, I remember like it was yesterday. It was a Thursday evening. I was sitting at home. The phone rings and I look at the phone and the caller ID said Century Media Records. And I'm like, holy crap what what is happening right i'm thinking maybe it's a marketing call yeah um, so i pick up the phone and it was their publicist at the time uh her name was luana valencia 
Uh, and she said, hey, Milton, it's Lana from Century Media. Um, I heard that you're starting in the music journalism thing, and we have an interview scheduled um, at the New York, at the Brooklyn show with Arch Enemy. And I'm like, oh, do we? <laughs> I had no idea about it. Um, so that was like, I don't know, three, four days before the show. Oh, plenty of prep time. Plenty of prep oh, time. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, and, and it was awesome because over the years, I wound up working with Lana several times. And she was such a, such a help, such a big support. I would, I would get her on the phone and be like, Hey, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help? And she would put everything down and just get on the phone with me. It really was awesome. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it started. You know, they just sort of threw me into the frying pan and said, Hey, figure it out. Um, I wound up going to the show with some friends. Um, I had my interview with the band, uh, just outside their tour bus. I was super nervous, you know, uh, but we got through it. And um, yeah, it just started like that. So I was with Paradise Metal for quite a bit. And then eventually I got a paid gig working for a print magazine, um, also in Brazil. Um, uh, it was a subsidiary of Rock Hard. Uh, the German magazine, they had just taken over a publication in Brazil and turned it into Rock Hard. Um, it was Valhalla magazine at the time. Uh, so I worked for Rock Hard Valhalla for a few years um, until they ultimately disappeared, like most other print media. Yes, yeah, I, yeah, I did some freelance stuff here and there, but um, not not a ton after that. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was kind of cool because when I finished high school, I was going into school for journalism anyway. You know, so at the time at the time, I'm like, man, if I can just write about music for the rest of my life, I'm all set. This is perfect. Uh, didn't quite work out that way, but that's OK. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So that's how I got started. And I think I must have done. I don't know, something like five or six hundred interviews over the years yeah with nice um a lot of artists it, it's interesting you know you're you're assigned certain interviews that you have absolutely no idea about the artist and then you have like a couple hours to familiarize yourself you know uh, or interviews with bands that i had followed since i was a kid so it was a, it was a good experience and it really um it, it really served as the basis for all the context that I would use years later. Um, so it, yeah, it was cool. That's a really good way to explain it. Like it's the context, it's the framework that you build the rest of your life. You know, yeah. this, this industry, I feel like is 99% who, you know, and how well, you know, the people. Um, yeah, it's um, makes a big difference. Yeah. And if you do whatever, it's almost like you can do, once you start doing one thing well, you can do anything well. It's just a matter of focusing and you can get redirected and you can roll with it. Yeah. You definitely take um, information and knowledge from one aspect of working in this industry to the next. Um, you know, like I took stuff from the journalism part to the PR part to the booking part to the management part, to the 
promotion part. Um, and I really think you need to have that background uh, from all of those aspects if you want to succeed. And I think you need to know a little bit about how everything works. Um, so what about bands? Do you feel like bands can benefit from knowing that a bit of that stuff too, or is that a little too much for? Um, I, I think it, it serves them right to have a competent team behind them. Uh, but especially for the smaller bands starting out, I think absolutely you need to, to know how things work. You know, a lot of the times the expectation may not be as realistic as they think. Um, so yeah, I would, if I had a band, I would want my band members to all be well-versed in how the industry as a whole works. Um, Do you play it, anything? I used to play guitar and I used to sing a long time ago, but yeah. Nice. Yeah. I feel like, you know, growing up, I always wanted to, to, you know, I remember this conversation I had with my grandma when I was four years old and she asked me, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I said, I'm going to be playing the rock shows until like one in the morning, you know, and I thought it was so cool for saying that. Um, but working with this kind of scratches that itch from that little, little kid who wanted to do that, you know? Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to be involved in it in some way. You know, I think I realized that I am much better at the behind the scenes part than, you know, on stage. Uh, so I, I chose to go this way and it, it, I think I did okay with it. <laughs> I think so too. I, I have a booking question, but I think, think I should probably wait until after you get into it, Aaliyah, because it's otherwise going to throw us <laughs> well, off Well, we I have taken us a little bit off track. So Brennan, I'll bring us back on track here. Cool. Um, you manage or handle the booking for one of the days of Prague Power USA. Can you walk us through what that process looks like? Wow. Uh, well, we we joke that we start working on the festival the day after the previous festival. Of course, yeah. You yeah. Know, so um, usually the show takes place in September. Um, and... In September, we announce the roster for next September, typically. Um, we start the booking process of the show probably in the winter into springtime. So we're doing everything like a year and a half in advance. Right. So this winter, you'll be like planning the booking for 2024. Correct. I've, exactly. Um, tickets for 23 for my night aren't even on sale yet. And I already have conversations with bands for 24. Um, but we, and we have to do it this way. We can't wait till a couple of months before, especially because of the whole visa process that I'm sure you guys know is a nightmare. Um, <clears throat> but the show, I mean, we... Yeah, we're working on it for months in advance. And we're there. when we're there, it's, you know, your typical load-in at 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, coordinating schedules of bands and sound check and, you know, pick up from hotel and airport and kind of a mishmash of uh, all of that. Yeah. Uh, 
I was listening to your interview of Glenn this morning from like uh, nine years ago. And oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that... he was mentioning pulling out a spreadsheet, like when he was trying to pick the bands and arrange the lineup. Mm -hmm. You ever pull out the old spreadsheet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we have I think we have a couple um, probably you have a couple of Google Docs that we go back and forth between Glenn and I. And, you know, we have the, the iterations of our next lineup, you know, and of course that gets revisioned, you know, revised so many times, um, you know, oftentimes will we, our, our initial idea for a roster is never what the roster turns out to be. Um, except for this year, I would say that the same five bands that I wanted for, for next year, sort of panned out so it was a it was a first um can i can i interject a quick question you're probably going to about to answer it but if, if you're not cool um so how do you actually or, or sorry how do bands actually get considered for the festival because i know that's going to be a common question that's going to come up um i'm assuming you probably like to work with bands with managers i'm assuming as a preference um I mean, not all the time. Sometimes, okay. sometimes they make things harder. Fair, 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 um, fair, fair. But it, it really, we're not, we're not necessarily tied to only working with bands that are signed or have managers or, or whatever. So, um, it's so a combination of whether or not we think we think the band is good, if the audience likes it, fair. you know. Um, Timing is a very important thing, and a lot of people don't understand it. Yeah. Um, you know, budget, of course, comes into play. Of course. Um, whether or not it's something, you know, the whole idea of Prog Power was to be able to offer bands that the U.S. fans wouldn't be able to see every other year on tour. Uh, so we still try to find those bands that are only, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't bring ten people at a local show anywhere in the states. But we know it will work in our festival. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, and, and ultimately, you know, it has to be something that we like as well, that we enjoy as well. So, how does a how does a band go about getting on your radar then? If well, like Joe Blow do you, band, do you even think the bands should be asking? Yeah. Um, I mean, we get emails. Or messages sure. on Facebook, literally every single day. You know, sure. and, you and do. I, I think you you probably, Aliyah, if you heard the, the interview I did with, with Glenn, um, at one point Glenn said during that call, he's like, "Hey, we'll come and play for free," and he's like, "Hey, you're damn right, you're gonna play for free because I'm not paying you a dollar." Yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, so we still we still get those, you know. Hey, you don't even need spares. I'm like, you're damn right. <laughs> um, but listen, the, the bottom line is we, and I can speak for myself and for Glenn, I'm sure. Of course. We are checking music out, new bands, every single day of the year. I don't think there's a single day that Glenn and I are not sending links or, or, or chatting with each other about, about new bands. Yeah. Um, we follow the scene very closely we follow our audience very closely every single post on our facebook page instagram twitter we read every single one of them so we usually have a, a decent a decent um idea of who people want to see 
Mm -hmm. uh, we really believe in that interaction between us and the crowd as well and the audience. So we're always asking, you know, who would you like to see a product power? You know, and and um, oftentimes we'll actually count. We'll put together the spreadsheet with how many people asked for for this band or that band, and um, it's a lot of work. Um, but the festival has had, I don't know, eighteen or nineteen of its editions as a sellout. Nice. So. Glenn has been doing something right for a long time, and I'd like to believe that I am as well. Um, so, you know, people are always welcome to send us links, to send us material. Um, easiest way is to send it on the Facebook page, I'd say. Uh, but we're, our eyes are out there, you know, we know what's happening and, and we're watching, so to speak. So to sum up, let me know if I'm putting words in your mouth, but if if I am, uh, forgive me. Uh, basically, you'll find them. It's probably unlikely that a new band will get added to Prog Power just by submitting links. Correct. I, I wouldn't say it's unlikely. Uh, in yeah. the past, um, one one example I can think of was Circus Maximus back in 2006. I want to say. Oh maybe 2005. I remember Glenn posting on the forum, it's the Prog Power forum at the time. Um, I'm going to be announcing a band that 99% of you have no idea who they are. And 99% of you are going to love them. Uh, and they were, I think they were unsigned at the time or they had just been signed. There wasn't even a, a, a song recorded. Oh, and wow. That's yeah, cool. he, he booked them based on demos. Wow. Um, That's cool. And it was kind of cool to see the band growing with the festival. Uh, so, it, yeah, if it's good and if we think the crowd will like, you know, we, we, love, we love to bring music that people have never heard of. I think sure. this is one of the things that personally I love the most, you know. Yeah, there's some random name on my roster that nobody knows who they are. And then when they listen to it, they're like, holy crap, this is awesome. Um, it's really cool to see that. Uh, so yeah, it, it really, it really depends. Cool, 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 cool. So Leah, we got about seven minutes left. Yeah, I yeah. noticed. <laughs> time flying. Um, time is flying. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask about, and I'm not sure how in detail you can get about this, mm -hmm. which is totally understandable, but the financial aspect of putting together a festival like this, um, is a huge undertaking, understandably. And I think maybe you could speak to that um, so people can understand why these things don't happen, like these festivals don't happen as often here in the States as they might overseas. Um, travel costs are the main reason. And with that, um, visa costs are very expensive. Um, a, an artist from overseas cannot play in the States unless they have an artist uh, working visa. Um, that costs several thousand of dollars, thousands of dollars per band. And um, the, the branch of the government that basically processes these visa applications, they're not very efficient. So oftentimes we will send a visa uh, petition for a band and we don't hear back from them for six, seven, eight months. Um, the problem with that is that bands need to book flights. 
right? Um, flights get expensive. Um, we can't really, um, we can't really wait. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, so visas are probably the biggest hurdle for us uh, because again, our whole idea of the festival is to bring bands that don't play here often. Um, and the worst part about that is that if the visa doesn't come through, we don't get refunded. Yeah, you know, um, I've had visa applications um, come back to me with the with the with the confirm like visa granted the day after the festival. That hurts. Yeah, it really does. Or or like the day after we announced that they canceled because of the visa, you know, stasis, if you would. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to pay for every aspect of the show. You know, our our festival is an expensive ticket. I don't have another way to put it. You know, uh, my night is um, a five band night that costs one hundred and twenty five dollars. It's not cheap. Um, but you know, our festival has always focused on quality over quantity. You know, Glenn has made that clear from the beginning, and he created this prob. What is probably the best festival experience in the world because it's so unique. It's so different. Um, but it's, yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. yeah. I actually had a small taste of that. I'm not sure if you're familiar. There's a metal belly dancer named Diana Bastet out of Ukraine. Okay. And I tried to um, bring her to the States to like teach some workshops and stuff. And yeah, ended up she couldn't get her she couldn't get her visa. We'd already bought the plane tickets, yeah. couldn't get the money back for the plane tickets. She couldn't get her money back for applying for the visa, so it just kind of didn't happen. And that's just like a tiny taste. That's a one individual performer, not a band. So can't imagine. And we're lucky. We're lucky that we have uh, a phenomenal sponsor program that allows the fans that you know have a little more money that want to help support the festival. Uh, to pay in a little bit more to help with those costs. And it makes the world a world of a difference. If it wasn't for them, um, the show probably wouldn't happen. You know, our VIPs are are awesome in that regard. Um, but it's it's very expensive. It's um uh, it's scary. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so if anybody's complaining about the ticket prices now, you know why. They have yeah, to and, and and I just need to throw this out there, you know. We don't set the ticket master fees. I can't. I can't reiterate that enough. About yeah, it's people not, think that, huh? It's not our fault. <laughs> no, no. You know, um, but yeah, it's a it's a very expensive show to produce. It's a very expensive show to attend. But I think there's a reason why people keep coming back. You know, twenty two years in. Uh, absolutely yeah so um a couple rapid fire questions since we are running out of time um what is your favorite method or platform for promotional purposes hmm. for a band or for the festival both like for an event i would say so for the festival or for think, a show i think facebook is still the way to go for us anyway you know, maybe because we're a little older. 
Yeah, <laughs> I know. consider your target demographic, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and our audience also is a little bit on the on the older side. We don't see that many, you know, 16 to 20 year olds attending our show. Uh, so we're not on TikTok, <laughs> you know. Um, I'd have but, to change that in the future, but. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I, I think Facebook and Instagram have been big for us. Uh, and of course, word of mouth as well. And then for my my last question really is like, do you have any general tips for bands who are booking their own shows for promotion? Are there things that you have learned that you could sort of hand off as a tip to bands DIYing their own stuff? Um, I think the biggest tip I can offer is to not be blindsided so not be blinded by the fact that you're going on tour. You know, I've joked with with friends, with with friends and bands that the moment you talk about going on tour, it's like the bands go like a deer in headlights. Nothing else matters. You know, we're going on tour. That's all that we care about. Um, really put together a budget, you know, really try to understand what you're getting paid versus what you're spending on a daily basis because... Um, it's not a tour if something doesn't go wrong. It's not a tour if there's not variable extra expenses that nobody's planning to have. You know, a van can break, a show can get canceled, your gear can get stolen. Um, I mean, unless you know for a fact that you're going to come home with a few extra, a few less dollars than you had it out, and unless you're okay with that, don't do it. I mean, you know, I, I hate to see amazing bands deciding to go and do a tour on their own and coming back and never touring again or, or never doing anything else because they, you know, shelled out $20,000 and now they're in the hole, that money. You know, it's heartbreaking. Um, but just be prepared because you got to, you know, it, it's almost like the, you know, I always, I always made a, an analogy that people go to college so they can have that piece of paper um to be able to make money later on but it costs a lot of money right that's your investment and it's kind of like that with the smaller band you know you're not going to get away without investing money into into it uh and you got to be prepared for it you're gonna have a plan for it really good really good advice mm. um last thing um tell us about what's coming up for next year for prog power i know you've only got what do you got less than 30 tickets for the days three and four and mm -hmm. your tickets are going on sale soon so yeah it out. So, so um glenn's two nights the festival is four nights um glenn is responsible for nights three and four um we have just under 30 tickets available for those particular nights so if people are on the fence you might want to act uh, like I said, it's been sold out, I think, maybe 19 of the 22 editions, maybe more. Um, I have day two tickets going on sale November 5th. Um, I have five bands that night. Beast in Black is the headliner. I have Vola. I have the Halo Effect, uh, Zero Hour and Seven Kingdoms, a pretty stacked lineup. Um, and I think it'd be a great show, you know, so tickets are coming up on sale soon. And I hope to see everybody there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Milton, for coming on and talking to us. I feel like I could have talked to you for a little bit longer, but uh, <laughs> we got to wrap up. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Thanks for thinking of me. I appreciate it.
You're welcome. Thank you for thank you. Um, and until next time, everyone listening, make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.